So the title of the sermon today is You Can Do This. And as we go through the sermon, I want you to think about where you are in your life and what season you are going through, and to think about the things that God is calling you to do, and to think about this question, um, you know, am I able to do what God is asking me to do? And I want to encourage you today that the Word of God is going to help us to understand that we can do what God is calling us to do. You can do this. And we're looking at Luke chapter 9, verses 1 to 9. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Luke chapter 9. 1 to 9, and this is what the Word of God says. Jesus had called the 12 together. He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. He set them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave the town. If you do not welcome, if people do not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave their town as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was going on, and he was perplexed, because some were saying that John had been raised from the dead, others that Elijah had appeared, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago had come back to life. But Herod said, I beheaded John. Who then is this I hear such things about? And he tried to see him, which is Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this word. Thank you that you are going to speak. Thank you, God, for our time together. We know that every time we come to the house of God, something good is going to happen. And we thank you, Lord, for the willingness of your people and the faithfulness of your people to come diligently to hear the word of God and to sing praises to you because all that we have really, God, is to worship you and to worship your name. So we thank you for this time. We thank you for what you're doing. And we continue to pray that you will encourage us today. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says that uh, there were 12 men that uh, Jesus called together. And who were the 12 men that it's referring to in the word? It is the disciples of God, the disciples of Christ. The, the people, the men that Jesus said, come and follow me, and they made a choice to follow Jesus immediately. And uh, as, uh, as they were disciples of Jesus, they would do a lot of things with him. They would learn from Jesus. They would be with Jesus. They'd go from place to place and see the things that Jesus was doing. Jesus was teaching about the word of God. He was uh, doing a lot of healings and miracles. And they got to witness what God was doing in Jesus. And uh, what was God doing anyways through Jesus? Well, Jesus came for one reason. He came for you and me. And he came because he wanted everyone to know that, yes, temptation exists and sin exists in the world, but we don't have to live like that. We can live free. We can live a holy and good life because of what Jesus has done for you and me. Amen. And we can live this good life because the Holy Spirit is in us. And that it's possible to be tempted and not sin. Jesus uh, exemplified for us what it looks like to be fully human and to be tempted because Satan tempted him on the mountain three times, but Jesus was able to uh, overcome his temptations because he knew the word of God. And that's why it's really important to know the word of God. It's important to read the word of God, to study the word of God. And that's why we always say to our people, try to be in a Bible study, come to Sunday school class, whatever you need to do, because we need the word of God daily. 
We don't need the word of God just on Sunday. We need it every day because every day Satan is tempting us. Every day he's doing his wrong work all around us and we need God's word and the Holy Spirit to help us. Amen? Amen. So this is what the word of God is talk, telling us today. And Jesus came to spread the gospel and he needed to work through the 12 men. And verse 1 in your, in your Bible says, Jesus called the 12 together. And this is number one in your notes today. As you think about your walk with God and whatever season you are in your life, you need to know that you are called by God. You are called. These men, God, Jesus asked them to go preach the gospel and to do the work of God. And maybe today you've been feeling like, you know what, I'm a nobody. Um, maybe when you were growing up, you had parents that were not supportive. Maybe there was someone in your lifetime that unfortunately said some really mean things to you. You know, words have power. And so we have to be very careful what we say with our mouth. And um, I remember in grade 8 when I was in school, one of my teachers made a very negative comment to me. And, you know, words have power. And they have power to uh, penetrate our hearts. And maybe you've been sitting here and you've been feeling like, you know, you can't do anything because somebody said that you are not uh, you have no potential and you have no capability, but I want you to know today that you are valuable because God has called you. Amen. Amen. First of all, God has called every, each one of us to be a son or daughter of the Most High King, uh, to be a child of the Lord. And we can be a child of God by confessing our sins, realizing that we need to be forgiven, realizing that there is a Savior, realizing if we repent of our sins, Jesus will accept and receive us. So first, God calls us to be a child of the Most High King. Amen. And then God calls us, based on our different callings, our destinies or what God has for us, to do certain things in our life. Some of you are called to be teachers. Some of you are called to be retail workers. Some of you are called to be pastors or a parent or a grandparent or you're called to, uh, to be a, a dentist or a doctor, uh, all these different things. And right now, what is God asking you to do in your life? What has he been saying to you? I want you to maybe apply for this job. I want you to volunteer at this place. Uh, maybe he's been saying, I want you to, uh, to volunteer at the church. I want you to do this ministry. These are the detailed things that God has for our life because God is a very detailed God. He doesn't miss a beat and he doesn't miss a, uh, a skip. He's really, really accurate in what he does. And today, God wants you to know that you are a child of God and he wants you to know that you can do whatever he's calling you to do in this season. And here's why. The next part of the verse one says, the Bible says, he gave, that's Jesus, gave them power and authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases. So the word of God says Jesus gave them power and authority. And this reminds us today that no, whatever God calls you to do, whatever it is in your life, God gives us power to do what he calls us to do. And that's number two. God gives you power to do what he calls you to do. I think this is, our, this is very key in our walk with God. When God calls us to do something like he told the disciples, go out, share the gospel, and cast out demons, he gave them power and authority. And I want you to think about those two words today, power and authority. And when you think about what Jesus asked the disciples to do, this was not a small task. He said, I want you to go out and cast out demons. Now, how many of you do that every day? Not many, right? <laughs> 
Cast out, casting out demons is not some ordinary work. In Mark chapter 9, uh, the disciples were trying to cast out a demon and they weren't able to do it because Jesus says this has to be done by prayer and fasting. Spiritual preparation has to be done and made and able to cast out a demon. And what is a demon anyways? A demon is a fallen angel created by God who has now decided to be on the side of Satan and not on the side of God. And so demons roam around the earth, tempting people to do what is wrong, creating destructive work, doing chaos, causing people to sin, causing people to walk away from the Lord, causing sicknesses and diseases, and in some cases, causing people to act abnormal and not normal. This is the work of demonic spirits around the world. And the Bible says Jesus gave the disciples power and authority to cast out a demon. Amen? And so this is good news because they were going around doing the work of God so that people could be delivered. And that's the thing about God's work. He always wants people to be delivered and to be free, not to be in bondage. Amen? And it also says that he gave them the ability to cure diseases. And uh, this is important today because people are sick today and uh, the disciples would have gone around and they would have said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Uh, they weren't saying it in their power. They were saying it in the power of Christ. Amen. And the same thing today. We don't have any power. We say things in the power of Christ. Casting out a demon or seeing someone healed is by the power of God. It's not by the power of Tina or Pastor Nick or anyone else. It is the power of God. And so God gave, Jesus gave them the ability, power and authority to do the work he called them to do. And I want to remind you today that whatever God is calling you to do, he's giving you power and authority. Amen? Amen. Amen. And if you're doubting your ability to do something, you need to erase the voices around you. You need to erase the doubting voice in yourself. And we have to listen to the voice of God Amen. because his voice is the only one that really matters. So I want you to think about that. If you're a parent, God is giving you power and authority to raise your children. If you are a manager or president in a company, God has given you power and authority to make decisions. Amen. If you are married, God has given you power and authority to work with your spouse and reach your goals. And if you are talking to somebody about Jesus, a non-believer, God has given you power and authority to be able to say the right thing so that he or she will receive the word of God. Amen. God gives us power and authority to do what we do. That's the only reason I'm standing here and able to do what I'm doing right now is by God's power and authority. Uh, like Pastor Nick said about back in 2007, um, God called me to church plant and I was about 25 years old and, and I remember um, when this was coming about, I doubted myself. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just coming out from school. I don't have any experience on church planning. And all these questions and all these thoughts came to my mind. And God used uh, very different people in my life. Three people specifically wrote me letters, told me that, you know, God's calling me to this, gave me Bible verses to think about and to reflect on. And these verses and the people in my life, they encouraged me. They told me that God had a plan and that I need to go forward and that I should not be doubting myself and that God would give me power and authority to do what I need to do. And good news is it's been 11 years and surely God has given me power and authority to do what I've done. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so whatever God is asking you to do, he will give you power and authority. So quit being unsure and doubting yourself and as my title says, you can do it. Amen. 
You can do it. And then the Bible says in verse 2, Jesus sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So Jesus gave them power and authority to do what they had to do, and he also told them, preach about the kingdom of God, and in verse 6 he said, preach the gospel. And this is number three today. As you are walking with God and you are doing what God calls you to do, be sure to share with other people about the love of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Talk about God in simple terms. What is, it? what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is also the same thing as the kingdom of heaven in the Bible, and it means that God is ruler over everything. The kingdom of God is eternal. Satan is not bigger than God. He's not more powerful. And in order to get into the kingdom of God, you have to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's how you get into the kingdom of God. When we say that uh, in verse 6 they say they preach the gospel, what we mean by that is specifically talking about Jesus, God becoming flesh. Jesus came to the world. He died for our sins. He rose on the third day, and he forgave us of our sins. That's what we mean by the gospel truth. Jesus came and he needed to do the work that was needed for us to have peace with the Lord because of our sins. And no matter what season you are in your life and whatever God is calling you to do, be sure to talk about Jesus and about God to people. And this does not need to be complicated. Uh, many of you might have come to the revival services. I appreciated the fact that uh, Reverend Mark Bain had a great way of just sharing how things were very simple. Keep it simple. Don't make it complicated as you are talking to people about Jesus. If you are a mom, you can share Jesus with another mother. Amen? If you are a worker, you can share Jesus with another co-worker that you are working practically every day with. If you're on the bus, you can share Jesus with the person beside you. This does not need to be hard. This does not need to be rocket science. Keep it simple. Talk about God like you talk about your family and your friends. Amen? Amen. Uh, this week, uh, I had to do a funeral for one of our members, uh, Brother Bob Cook. Some of you might have known him. He passed away, and we had the funeral on Wednesday. And uh, after that, we had a time of reception, and I went to the house for the reception time. And there was a father and a daughter that was there that were at the... Uh, funeral service, and they began to ask me questions like, you know, how did you become a pastor, and, and how did you get into ministry? And uh, I began to share with them how I went to the University of Toronto, and I have a science degree, and then I said, well, God called me. Then they said to me, well, what does that mean? Well, literally, God told me when I was walking home from class to the subway, please change your directions and go in the direction of ministry. That's the best way I could explain it. I said, I heard a voice, and it was God. And so I shared that story with them, and they were uh, really happy to hear. And I said, now I've finished my master's, I've done my doctorate, I've I'm, I'm now been doing this for 12 years, and, and this was the right thing for me to do. And the daughter had asked me, she was about 20, you know, um, you never went back to science? I said, no, I mean, I can do the science work, I can do the work of math and science, I, I did like it, but my um, calling is to let other people know about Jesus Christ. That's what God wants me to do. And so I shared how God was working in my life. And you can do the same thing when you're talking to people. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be scared. God will give you the words to tell people. And here's the thing today. People need to hear about God. Amen. All you hear on the news and on social media and all these different things are what's going on in people's lives and, and hard things and difficult things. And people need to be encouraged. And uh, if we don't say something, then who will? Right? Where are they going to hear the gospel? You are the messenger. Amen. 
And so don't make it hard. It, you don't need to be disrespectful to people. Just make it simple and talk about the gospel with other people. Uh, I want you to realize something today. God's, God, in, in this passage, God wants people to hear the word. He told the disciples, preach the gospel. And he also wants people to experience the works. That is, that when the disciples were casting out demons and healing those who were sick, we can say that is the works of God. And then when the disciples were preaching about the gospel, we can say that's the word of God. And so the gospel is almost like a twofold thing where the people need to hear the word and they need to see the works. Amen? Amen. And so to maybe today you need to say to God, help me to operate in the works, the power of God, because maybe you're feeling like I don't know how to cast a demon or I laid hand on, I have never laid hands on someone they were healed. Maybe you need to say to God today, I want to see the power of God in my life and I want to be able to share that with other people. Or maybe your dilemma today might be is I need to study God's word more so I can share the gospel with somebody. So that if somebody asks me a question, like who is Jesus and why did he die, I will have an answer. Amen? And this is really important. So maybe today we need to say to God, I would like to operate in the word and I want to operate in the works of God because when the two come together, they're very powerful. And a lot of times Jesus, when he did his work, there was the supernatural work and then he, it, there was the teaching of God and that's what made his ministry very powerful. Then the word of God says, Jesus said to them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra tunic. So basically Jesus wanted them to travel light. And here's what's important today when you think about when God calls you to do something. Number four is you don't need to have everything right in your life to do what God calls you to do. Amen? Why does he tell them to, to travel light? Because Jesus wanted the disciples to depend and trust in the Lord. Not in their stuff, not in their resources, but on God. Amen? And back in those days, this is important too, other religious people were going around in their culture they were knocking on door and asking for money. And if people saw that these people had bags and bread and money and tunics, it would give the impression that they had other motives in mind, which was a business motive, not a motive for goodwill or for, um, you know, preaching the gospel, but a motive of making money. And so Jesus wanted their work to be pure and not to give any other impressions. And he said to them that they were to stay in one place and not move from house to house because he didn't want people to be burdened by the ministry. And this is a reminder to all of us today that life or ministry does not need to be perfect in order to be effective. You don't have to have all your T's crossed and all your I's dotted in order to do what God calls you to do, all right? I'm going to give you some examples. In the church, we need to be careful not to say things, if only we had more lights, if only we had more chairs, if only we had 100 youth attending Friday night or 100 kids in children's ministry, then things would be better. When we say things like that, we are distrusting the power of God. We have to use what we have. We have to use what God gives us. We have to be faithful in the small before God gives us the big. Amen? On a personal level, if you are married, those of you who are married, you need to be thinking about this. 
You shouldn't say things like, if only she would do this, or if only he would do this, then my life would be perfect and I would be happy. Well, newsflash, your spouse can't make you happy. Only Jesus can do that. Amen? <laughs> and I'm not married, and I know that. <laughs> so um, thank God for what's going well in your, right, in your life right now, in your marriage. And you can still, and listen to me carefully, you can still be a good wife and a good husband despite the situation you are going through. Life does not need to be perfect in order to be effective. If you are a parent, you need to be careful not to say things like, if only we had this house, and if only we had this car, then my life would be perfect. You have to thank God for what you have right now and move forward with the Lord. And this is important, talking about money, because we were just talking about being generous, and this is really important. We need to be generous to the Lord. If you're uh, paying off a debt, debt, you need to stop saying things like, I wish I had more money. Uh, you need to start looking at the money that God has given you and how much you make, and you have to make a plan. And that plan is called a budget, <laughs> okay? Um, if some of you use the computer, use an Excel sheet. If you don't have a computer, use paper. You take what you have, and you look at your spending, and you have to make sure that it matches up. You can't spend more than you have. Amen? And I'm preaching really well today, and you need to give me an applause for that. Amen. And give to God and be generous. And I'm a testimony, or I'm a product of the fact that when we did the campaigns here, I was only in my early, I was in my 18 and 19 years old, and I gave generously to God. I gave my tithes. I gave my pledge. I paid each uh, month off. I was able to do that and still pay my bills and still do the work of God. And I want to encourage you today that you can do the same thing. Because sometimes we say things like this, well, God, if you give me a second job, or if God, if my life is perfect, or if I have pay off my debt, then I will give to God. No, you got to give now. Because here's why. You're going to miss all the blessings. Amen. Amen. You know, because you might be until the, like till 70, 80, 90, and then you're like, okay, now I'll give to God. But you're going to miss all the blessings in your 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. So give now. The whole point is God can take the little you have and do a lot with it. And, here, and why do I know that? Because the Bible is filled with stories of this nature. What did Jesus do when he took the two fish and the five loaves of bread? He gave thanks and it multiplied. Amen? When uh, Gideon had an army of 32,000 men, God said, I don't think so. We're dropping this army down to 300 because you're not going to be glorified through this. And they won the battle. And God took his 12 disciples, and they went and spread the gospel. God is a master of taking the little you have and doing something great with it. Amen? Amen. He can add. He can multiply. He can expand. He is able to do this. All we have to do is trust and believe and know that he can do it. God purposely sometimes reduces our resources or uh, boxes us in because he wants you to learn to trust in the Lord and not yourself. Because oftentimes we might fall into temptation and say this, I'm the reason I got married. I'm the reason I have kids. I'm the reason I have a family. I'm the reason I have this job. I'm the reason this church is growing. That is self-centered uh, attitude, and that's called self Glorif glorifying yourself rather than glorifying God. And God does not want us to glorify ourselves. He wants us to glorify him because he is the creator and we are the created things, the created human beings. 
And so the Bible says that in, in uh, Romans chapter 125 that they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, worshiping and serving the created things, land and mountains and skies and, and things rather than the creator. We have to be careful not to mix up the two. We don't want to worship the blessings. We want to worship the one who gives the blessing. Amen. Amen. And so when you think about that, we need to learn that we don't need to have everything perfect in order to be effective because you can do what God calls you to do. And then in verse 5, he says, whenever you enter a house, or verse 4, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave their town as a testimony against them. So, that, so they set out and went from village to village preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere. And this is number five, carry out God's call and don't be offended by those people or people in your life who are unresponsive. So I want you to understand that whenever you're doing the work of God and you're doing, you know, sharing the gospel or you're, you know, fulfilling the things that God's asking to do, um, when you share that gospel, sometimes people are going to be not really uh, responsive to you. And I want you to remember today, it's not your job to change people's minds. That's God's work. God's work, God is the one that changes people's mind and moves in the hearts of people. The Bible says that uh, they were to stay in people's houses, but if they were rejected, they were to shake uh, their feet as a sign that they were being rejected and that they were rejecting God himself. And when you're telling your family and friends or someone you love about Jesus and they don't respond, don't get mad, don't judge them, don't get into an argument with them, do what these men did. They went around, they said, I, we just want you to know God loves you. Jesus is Lord. He died for your sins. He rose on the third day. And if these people that you're talking to say, no thanks, or I don't care about God, that's not your job. Don't take it personally. Your job is to be the best person that you can be where you are right now. Because we know that Jesus is real. We know that Jesus died on the cross. We have our own convictions in our life, our own stories, that we know that God is real. And our job is just to share the stories, share our life, and be an example of a follower of Christ. Our job is to share the message, but we cannot take responsibility for the response that people have when, they, when you are talking to them. The Holy Spirit is living in us. We know the, the word of God, and we know that God is doing miracles in our life, and we need to be able to just share the gospel and to be at peace. Uh, this can also apply to practical things in your life. For example, if you are married again, and you've been telling your spouse something, and he or she is not responding, don't get offended and lose peace. Amen? <laughs> Give it to God. All right, you might be telling your spouse the same thing over and over again, and he or she's not listening. Sometimes you just need to let it go. You need to go to God and say, Lord, I've been talking about this with my spouse. He's not listening. She's not listening. Give it to God. God can handle it. Amen? Amen. And live your life. Amen? Don't um, lose sleep and lose your peace over the fact that your spouse isn't listening. Amen? Parents and kids, don't get mad at each other. Do what is right. Let God work. Don't get offended. Live your life. Amen? And at work, I know sometimes, I know what it's like to have a boss that's not so nice and a coworker that's not so nice. Basically, what I'm saying to you is do the work of God. Be nice to that person. Treat them with respect and love, even though he or she may not be respecting you because the Bible says love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, bless those who curse you. 
and let God take care of the rest. Amen? I've been around uh, long enough to know that God does take care of things in work, in life. Uh, God has a way of shuffling people, <laughs> and God has a way of taking and moving people. Um, and so, you know, sometimes we're getting all worked up uh, and we're losing energy and we're losing sleep and we're, we're losing our peace over the fact that people are refusing to obey God. And Jesus said to these men, dust your feet, move forward and move on. Don't get stuck just because someone is not listening in your life. Am I making any sense here? Yes. Amen. All right. Here's just a small example of what I'm talking about. The other day I was at the mall and my sister and I went to the Starbucks and we decided we were going to get the white hot chocolate. So we stood in line and there was somebody in front of us and then the cashier. But the person in front of us actually was a co-worker working at the Starbucks, so she was on her break. So the, 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 the co-worker started to pick up some granola bars, then put it back. She picked up an apple and put it back and took some water and put it back. So she was having a hard time figuring out what she wanted to have, right? And we we're standing in line. And then they're talking and, and so forth. And, and so I said to my sister, this is taking a long time. Like, they need to, uh, they shouldn't be doing this. This is not right. And so uh, she was also getting very upset. And so then I said to her, well, I'm going to say something. And I'm not going to be rude. I'm going to say something. And so finally the coworker paid for her, 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 her snack and then went to, her, to the back to have her break. And so at this point, my sister then, uh, the cashier's like, what would you like? And my sister said, well, we'd like a hot chocolate. And then I said to her, I just want you to know that you had us standing in line for a very long time. And she said to, to, to myself and my sister, she said, well, I'm very sorry and I apologize for that. And I thought, well, this is good. I told her the truth and she responded well, right? She didn't give me a hard time. And uh, this is an example where someone is open to learning or open to being teachable or open to wanting to know how to do better. And the reason I corrected her is I used to be a cashier. I used to work at Staples and I worked there for a long time. And there are many times where cashier, as a cashier, we had, I had customers that were very mean to me. They weren't very nice. But there were times when customers also corrected me in a nice way. Uh, some of them were rude, but some of them were nice. And I appreciated it because I learned from that. Amen? And that was my whole point. I just wanted her to know that she didn't, she didn't realize how long we were standing in line. Because the next time they do that with someone else, they may not get me. They might get someone else who's going to tell them off, right? And then ruin her day. And so, um, like I said, <coughs> excuse me, she looked sad and apologized. And now she will know that you can't do that. And at least when I spoke the truth, she uh, received it well. Unfortunately, in life, sometimes you're going to tell somebody the truth, and they're not going to listen. Jesus is saying, move forward. Don't lose sleep and lose peace over it. Keep doing what God wants you to do. Amen? And then finally, uh, in verse 7 here, the Bible says, Herod, Herod was um, perplexed about what was going on. Uh, because some were saying that John had been raised from the dead, others that Elijah had appeared, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago had come back to life. But Herod said, I beheaded John. Who then is this? I hear about such things, and he tried to see him. So what was going on is miracles were happening, uh, things were happening, people were talking about Jesus, talking about the disciples, and now Herod wanted to know, who was a powerful man, wanted to know, you know, what is going on? Was this John the Baptist that came back? He had John 
beheaded. So he was saying, did this guy come back to life? And he also said, or is it possible that Jesus was like Elijah? Elijah was an Old Testament prophet who did amazing things for God. And uh, he was very powerful and effective. And so I want you to understand in the word of God that when miracles and healings are happening and God is working, this is number six today, when people see God is working in your life, they will show interest. Amen? I know we live in a time where people are drawn to evil and wrong things. Uh, people only want to watch movies that are uh, showing inappropriate things and only want to watch news that reports the bad things. But people do take an interest in things that are going well and working in life. And when people see that you have a good marriage, that your children are listening, you have a clean life, you're working hard, you use your money wisely, you don't use your mouth in a wrong way, you don't dress like the world, that you pray for them and, and you pray for yourself and God answers. When people see that God is doing miracles and supernatural things in your life, they will take an interest. They will ask questions. And isn't that the whole point? Isn't that the whole point of our life? Our life should point people to God. Amen? And if our life looks like the world then we will bear no witness to others. You know, I think sometimes we get confused. We think life is about ourselves. Like, look how many followers I have, and look how many people like me, or look how many people are coming to my event, when really our life should be a, reflective, a reflection of Jesus' love. Amen. And our life should point others to God. Good. And if our life is not pointing others to God, I want to challenge you today. What are some things you need to do or change in your life so that when people see you, they're like, wow, so-and-so loves God. So-and-so gives generously. So-and-so went to visit this person and went to, to pray for this person and, and had their last $5 and gave it to this person who needed it. Uh, that's what our conversation should be like. That's what people should say when they see us, when they see God, see God in us. And... Uh, and I'm not talking about, you know, being better than other people and judging people. I'm not talking about showing off and, and uh, you know, we need to be humble in all that we do. I'm talking about how you can live a great life for God. And on my uh, Facebook bio, I put boldly, love Jesus, love people, live your best life. And I really believe that God wants each one of us to live our best life now. Not later, not when things are perfect, now. You can live a good life holy, pleasing life now, despite the circumstances around you. Um, if we could just show that next picture or next slide, I want you to see this slide here. Back in August, I began to read this article about a couple that were addicted to meth. And uh, what they did is they, shot, they showed a picture. So on, uh, your, on your left here, that's when they were on the drugs. And then on the right, they've been clean for three years. And this is how they look like, happy and good, amen? And so uh, the picture says, you know, I, they wanted to post this on social media because they said, we've been clean and sober for, for living for God, and I hope that my transformation can encourage an addict somewhere. It's possible to recover. And so this is their story. Uh, this uh, man in the picture here, uh, at the age of 12, he got uh, uh, addicted to drugs and was in drugs and was dealing with drugs. And... Um, Unfortunately, when he was about 19 years old, 
his uh, one night after partying his brother, who was 19 years old, was too drunk to drive home. He asked his brother in the picture here to drive him home, but his brother, uh, his name, last name is Walker, uh, couldn't take him home because the next day he had to work. And then his brother drove himself home, got into a car accident, and died. And as a result of this, he went hard on the drugs. And his, his life just continued to go downhill. During that time when he was on drugs, he also met his wife in that picture. Um, and she also was on drugs. And so they just had this lifestyle of drugs and uh, selling and so forth. The Walker had to spend some time in prison. And uh, at one point, he was like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I need to change my life, and I need to, to do this now. So he told his girlfriend, I want to build a life. Will you do this with me? And she said, yes. And so the couple quit drugs right away, cold turkey. And whenever they had a craving, they would help each other by uh, talking it out or talking through it so that they wouldn't end up doing the drug again. And this is why when you're an addict or you're trying to get away from some sort of bondage in your life, accountability is really important. If there's no accountability, you won't see a breakthrough. Amen? And then they also said, and this is important today as well, if you know somebody who's struggling or if you're struggling with something, they said that we blocked and erased every friend we had who did drugs. Right? Because it is easier to actually walk away from your addiction than it is to walk away from the friends that come and do the addiction with you. Right? And so they made a decision, if we're going to do this, we cannot talk to people who do drugs, who are going to bring the drugs to our, our house. We need to do a clean cut. And maybe there's somebody here today who needs to advise somebody or even yourself that you need to do a clean cut from some of your friends that are straying you from God so that you can go on the path with the Lord. And this couple, finally, they went to school and they got their education, they had careers, and they said as time went on, it got easier, and after the year mark, we didn't even think about using drugs anymore, and uh, Walker says, whenever I was an addict, I thought that because I had ruined my life, there was no way to turn it around, it just had to stay that way. Now he wants everyone to know the message of hope, and to everyone that's struggling with an addiction, you don't have to live like that forever. He says, you can have a better life. Amen? Amen. And uh, what happened with them during the process of them um, walking away from drugs is that they found a local church and became part of that church and really dependent on God and on Jesus. Amen. And this is the message of hope. This is why we preach the gospel. Amen. Because it's possible. Amen. The title of the sermon was, You Can Do This. So whatever God is asking to do, you can do it by the power of of God living in you. Amen? Amen. Let's, pray. Amen. Let's pray together. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the story of Walker and his wife, and we thank you for the stories in our life. And we just have to share the supernatural work that you are doing in our life to others so that people will know about Jesus. We can talk about Jesus. We can see the power of God in our life. We can do what God is asking us to do. And sometimes, God, it seems so hard to do the right thing, but your word says that we have to keep doing what is right because at the right time, we will reap a harvest. And so, Lord, we pray, even though it's been like a year or five years or 10 or 15 or 20, help us to continue to do what is right so that we will see our reward and we will see the goodness of God and we will see breakthrough in our life. Lord, give us uh, people around us to support us. Um, and Lord, help us if we need to cut some people off or distance ourselves so that we don't fall into temptation or the wrong things. 
God, we believe that you are good. You've called us. You've empowered us. You want us to do the right things. You don't want us to be uh, slowed down by the fact that we will face rejection in our life by people who don't want to hear about the gospel. We believe in the gospel because, as Paul said in, his, in, the, in Romans, that we are not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of those who believe. And so, Lord, we don't want to be people pleasers. We want to be God pleasers. And we believe that whatever you have called us to do, whether that's to wait, whether that is to apply for a job, whether that is to get ready to be a parent or a grandparent or uh, to do a volunteer ministry, God, help us to overcome our fears, help us to overcome our challenges, and help us to know that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do what God calls us to do. We thank you, Lord, for the gospel truth. We thank you that Jesus came. And uh, maybe there's somebody here today that's hearing this for the first time. And Lord, we pray that if, it, uh, if this is the first time they're hearing about Jesus and they want to receive Jesus in their hearts, Lord, we pray that they will open their heart to you and that they will repent of their sins, that they will say that they believe in Jesus, believe that he died, and believe that he rose on the third day, and believe now that their sins are forgiven. We believe and trust, God, that you want a good life for all of us. Uh, yes, trouble is present, and yes, sin is present, but again, by the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, we can overcome, and we can move forward, and we can get through our challenges. Thank you, Lord, that you are a good God. You never leave us nor forsake us. And thank you, Lord, that um, everything you've called us to do is because you say we can do it. It's not something that we've made up in our head or some story that we're telling ourselves. We are doing what you've called us to do because we need to be obedient. In the name of Jesus, amen.